There are a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL draft this year. My name is Ben Solak, and I host the Ringer NFL Draft Show with Danny Kelly, Danny Heifetz, and Greg Horbeck. We cover trades, free agency, and the draft, which is, yeah, obviously. We'll tell you about everything, which includes which quarterbacks are good, which quarterbacks are bad, and which quarterbacks are just Kirk Cousins. That is the Ringer NFL Draft Show. Search the Ringer NFL Draft Show on Spotify. It's the Ringer's Philly Special presented by FanDuel. The playoff action is heating up. And with FanDuel, you can bet on everything from the NBA Finals MVP to who's going to lift the Stanley Cup. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page, plus start betting on the pulse and get paid instantly when you win. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus in D.C. and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Welcome to the Ringers Philly special. Shiel Kapadia from an undisclosed hotel room in Las Vegas. I'm trying to cover a Super Bowl, but the phone keeps blowing up. Sixers trade this guy. Sixers trade. Do the Sixers have a team anymore? It was trade deadline day. So we were planning on doing something out of it. I didn't know if it was going to be busy, not busy, whatever. But oh, I don't even know if the Sixers have it. Like if they had to play, they don't have a game tonight, Cliff, do they? Let me uh, let me double check there. I don't think they do. They, I don't think they, they can feel the roster right now. Yeah, right. Because they can't even feel the roster. I don't even know how they're gonna feel the roster in the next coming days. They still got a couple spots left open, but let's yeah. see. They got a game tomorrow. The Hawks will be coming into Philly tomorrow night. Okay, tomorrow night we'll see who's playing there. But Sixers make a flurry of trades. Four trades total. Uh, we'll get into all of them. Shout out to uh, Mike O'Connor, who just did the here's who's out, here's who's in. So let me start with that, Cliff. Okay, by the way, that's Ace Bruce or Cliff Augustine. You know who he is. I don't need to mention uh, who it is. He's joining me. We're going to talk about these Sixers trades. So here's who's out, Cliff. Jaden Springer, Pat Bev, Marcus Morris, Furkan Korkmaz, Daniel House, and four second round picks. Okay, that's who's out, who's in campaign Buddy Heald, and two second-round picks. That's a lot of activity for trade deadline day. It's not like the huge move where you add, you know, uh, the third piece, and we're talking about, oh, Sixers are going to... It's not that major, major, major move. Buddy Heald move is, you know, 
not insignificant. That's a legit move. And then the other one's a little bit more minor, but maybe struck a chord with some of the fan base. So, uh, all right, Cliff, you texted me earlier. I think you said you were, you were angry. You said you were ready to go. I mean, you could have done this pod four hours ago. I think you said you were angry. I don't know if you, if the feelings have subsided, if you're thinking more, uh, calmly and rationally now, but just give me your big picture thoughts before we get into kind of the individual moves on how you feel about these moves. Uh, Daryl Morey made today. Big picture thoughts is to me is this gives them flexibility for the future, but in the right now, they kind of want to play their hand depending on where this Embiid injury actually is right now. So what you did was you got a shooter from uh, in Buddy Hill. You got rid of Furkan Cork. Chill, you didn't even start that. Furkan Korkmaz is no longer a sixer. Like, how, oh how do you skip over that? That's crazy. Were you, to me. Were you even bo- no? I said that. Were you even born when he first joined the Sixers? I mean, it's I been think a I was an infant. I, I was an infant <laughs> when he. I was an infant when he became when he became a six when Furkie from Turkey came over to the states and became a sixer. But uh, Furkan Korkmaz is out, right? Jaden Springer is out. You sent a couple second round picks. You get those picks back in later trades. Daniel House is out. Obviously, if you have some cap space for later, you know, future players, pitch trades in the offseason, whatever you want to do with that. The buyout market is also going to be in play here as well, as we know. But overall, I mean, man, this is like a C to me. This is just average. Like, this didn't really move the needle for me at all. I think Buddy Hill is going to be a great scoop up because the Sixers numbers are just abysmal since Embiid has been out. Sure, let me uh, go through some numbers in the last 10 games, right? So in the last 10 games, they're 82 of 277 from three, which gives you a whopping 29% from three. Yeah, that is just abysmal. They've given up the six most points per game in the NBA in the last 10 games as well. And they scored the 19th most points in the NBA as well. So they're just awful without Embiid. As we they're know, a bad team. Is, they are a real, yeah. they are a tough team to watch. They are awful. a bad team. Uh, yeah. And he thought about like, hey, you know, tread, and we'll see. We'll see a bigger sample and with the, maybe Buddy healed. But it was like, can you tread water? Uh, and what's it going to look like when? And Embiid's injury, you mentioned it, Cliff. I think that's what made this so hard is there's so much uncertainty there. I mean, we have no idea. Is he going to come back at all? If he does come back, when's it going to be? What is the Sixers' record uh, at that time? What does Embiid look like at that time? I mean, we've tried the conditioning stuff. That's going to be a factor. The knee, that's going to be a factor. Getting back from an injury, like you don't just step on the court and are 100%. So, I don't. I generally don't like to, um, you know, give the GMs the benefit of the doubt. You know me. I like to crush them when I can crush them. But I do think that's what made this, um, you know, kind of tricky. You talked about finding that middle ground, like a middle ground. They didn't go all in one way, where they said get rid of these guys and who cares, just uh, get some assets for this summer. And they didn't go the other way, where they said, hey, no, 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 let's capitalize on this year and beats coming back. We feel good about it. They kind of stri- tried to strike that middle ground. Yeah. So in them striking that middle ground. I, me personally, again, like I said, I think this is just like, hey, we're trying to tread water lightly here for the rest of the season. Let's see if Embiid comes back because, you know, whether he comes back determines a lot, right? Like the season doesn't matter if he's not healthy, if he's right. not back for playoff time. Like none of this matters. Like they'll probably be a lottery team or they they might purposely do what the Mavericks did last year and drop out of the uh, play-in tournament and just get a lottery pick and get like a Derek Lively or somebody like that, in which the Mavericks did with the 12th overall pick last year. But in the same sense, it's like, I just want this team to be bought in for once, right? Like at the deadline every year, it's just always like, what are the Sixers going to do? Is Tobias going to be in and out? Are we going to get another shooter? Are we going to get another wing? Is it going to be a backup big? Is there going to be, uh, and it was just so underwhelming because you didn't get the backup big that you really need. Now you have a duo of Paul Reed and Mo Bamba who just cannot for the life of me. They, they can't play. Listen, young players. I like them. I like how hard Paul Reed plays. 
but he's only good in about, you know, nine, 10 minute increments into playing a basketball game or being the backup big in garbage time, right? Like Paul Reed and Mo Bamba being your solution for what it is, what's about to happen in the next couple of weeks, that could turn, that could be devastating for the Sixers. Like they need to get a big in there fast in the buyout market and figure out what they're going to do with that position because right now it's looking super bleak. And if you have any hopes of contending in the playoffs, having them be like your stopgap until Embiid comes back isn't good. It's not going to serve us any good. I do like the Buddy Hill pickup because Buddy Hill, he's 15th in the NBA in threes made right now, right? And he's currently shooting 38% from three, which is great. Like we needed three-point shooting badly all season long, not just in past weeks because of, you know, what's happened to the injuries and um, just Batum being out, Melton being Like the lineup has just been a hodgepodge of guys in and out. I've seen Terquavion play minutes. We saw Jaden Springer get a ton of a ton of good minutes playing great defense versus Steph Curry and Luka Doncic. But right now it's a mess. Like the the bench is just an infirmary. Robert Covington's been out as well too. Yeah, we we need to get some players back, and uh, Buddy Hill definitely adds to that. And I think when Embiid comes back, if or when Embiid comes back, he'll be big in that lineup to spread the floor. Help that'll help Tobias out. That'll help Tyrese out because clearly defenses are keying in on Tyrese right now with how much attention is being paid on him with Embiid out because he can't just roam around and be like that free player. He's getting the team's number one guy on the wing. And the and when you look at him driving to the paint, it's like 50 guys in the paint just waiting yeah. for him. And then he's trying to kick it out to somebody who can't hit a three. So Buddy Hield is now that guy who's going to go in there and shoot threes at a high volume <laughs> and make him at a 38% clip. I think you nailed it there, Cliff. I mean, so so I had two big takeaways from all of the trades overall. And number one is the one you just mentioned. Like they looked at this and said, we need to add shooting, like whether it's for this year, for possibly next year or whatever. They were, according to cleaning the glass, dead last in percentage of their shots that were three pointers. I mean, think about a Daryl Morey team was dead last in percentage of shots that were three pointers. The guy who was like revolute, like, no, 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 you have to be shooting more threes. I think they're uh, 29th in uh, threes attempted or something like that. Yeah, it's probably, they're they're probably bottom five. They're bottom five. They're probably bottom three to five, like with teams like the Wizards, you know, just direct teams that in the bottom five and three point percentage, which is crazy. Like you said, on the Daryl Morey team. Now, part of that is obviously you have Joel Embiid with a high percentage of shots when he was playing that are not going to be three-pointers. But still, uh, it's just hard to win in the NBA. Raheem's talked about this uh, a bunch uh, with teams. It's just really hard to win in the NBA when you are shooting so many fewer threes than your opponent. And in terms of percentage, they're 20th in three-point percentage. So it's not like they were a bottom feeder there, but they weren't getting that volume. They weren't getting a lot of uh, three-pointers up. So I think that was number one here, uh, what they wanted to do. And then two, it's what I said earlier. I think they Maury just felt like let's find a middle ground. You know, like uh, if you want to look at this favorably, and I know you're right. It's always disappointing. It's underwhelming when you don't add what you feel like are big pieces at the trade deadline. That that's in any sport. But I feel like he was just like. I'm not going to give up flexibility or any assets because we don't know about when Joel Embiid's coming back and we want to keep our optionality for the summer. I mean, that's what it's really about. We we talked about it during the James Harden trade months ago that that trade was not about that trade. It was about 
the next trade. And you would say, well, Shield, this was the trade deadline. Where was the next trade? But now it's like, well, now it's about the summer. And like, what are you going to do with all these assets that you have? You're going to have five first round picks at your disposal. You obviously have cap space. What does this roster look like when you start the 2024-2025 season? And I know that's like a hard pill to swallow because you're saying it's February. We still have a lot of basketball to watch with the Sixers team uh, this season. But I don't know when your best player gets injured and you're not sure when he's coming back. Like that that's kind of how you have to operate. So um I think those were my two big picture thoughts on this. And then let's talk about Heald real quick before we get to the other stuff, Cliff. So that trade was Marcus Morris, Furkan Korkmaz, and three second round picks for Buddy Heald. And I think a, a, a key here is that this could be a rental. But it doesn't have to be. They they own uh, his bird rights, which just mean they can kind of go over the salary cap uh, if they want to sign him because those rights get transferred. The NBA salary cap, man, it, it is. I thought the NFL it's was crazy. confusing. The NBA is crazy. But basically, they have optionality to either extend him, keep him beyond this season, or you could let him go and you don't have to. So the three-point shooting from Buddy Heald, I mean, uh, this guy likes to shoot. Cliff, he's he's like me back in my prime. You know, I never saw. You used to I have never, a jumper. I never passed up a three pointer. You know, like you, yeah. Do I'm, you have the jumper? Do you have a jumper? Yeah, that's all I have. Yeah, that is. A, I, I got to hit a lemur. I got to hit a lemur and confirm this because okay, I, I feel like you lied. Yes. I feel like I you lied know. to the people right now. No, no. I, I the only that was literally my only skill. Like I'm not playing defense. I'm not <laughs> getting fouled. I'm don't even think about telling me to take a charge. That's not. And this was in my prime. You know, this was probably like 12, 13 years old when I peaked athletically. Uh, the one thing I like to do was shoot over and over and over again <laughs> from long distance. And that's what Buddy Heald, Buddy, Buddy Heald's kind of, I mean, listen, I'm not going to say I'm as efficient a three-point shooter as Buddy Heald, but in terms of style, uh, that's what the man likes to do. Cliff, he's attempting seven three-pointers a game and he's only playing 26 minutes per game. Seven three pointers hey, a game. I think when he gets to Philly, it's, that's going to double. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, him, he's going to play more minutes, right? That's what he's here for. He's going to be able yeah. to play that way, and so he should. If I'm not mistaken, I think he was doing that in the span of like 20 minutes with the Pacers or so. Right, I don't know that's what I said. 26 minutes. Yeah, 26. Is that minutes. what he was playing at the Pacers? 26 yeah. minutes per game. Like yeah. that's crazy to me that he's doing that in, in 26 minutes per game. Now you in Philly, you probably going about 30. Four, 35 minutes for Buddy Hill, right? With like all these else? injuries, yeah. Yeah, with Melton being out, with Batum being out, with Rocco being out, I'm sure that's going to spike. And plus, I would assume yeah. he's probably going to put up about 12 threes a game, which we need, by the way, too, because Tyrese right. Maxey needs to operate and be able to, to attack the basket. Same with Kelly Oubre. All the back cutting, all the slashing that the Sixers play with. So Buddy Hill is the floor spacer in which I really like and how Darrow acquired him. Yeah, he shoot like you said, he shoot thirty eight percent this year. Uh, was forty two and a half percent Cliff last year, and that was on higher volume, eight and a half three pointers uh, per game in his career, forty percent from three. So, like, I like this move. This move made a lot of sense to me. You know, he's like you said, he's going to help you now while Embiid's out, and when Embiid comes back, that's a nice guy to have. You need shooting around Joel Embiid. So uh, I thought this was a reasonable move. It doesn't lock you into something uh, bad down the road. It gives you a chance to say, all right, let's see what he looks like the rest of the season, and then we'll kind of figure it out. So um, I thought that was a smart move. And listen, you give up Marcus Morris, Korkmaz, and three second round And you know so. what? I feel bad for Marcus, man. I know, know, man. Philly's home for a short Just got the key to the city. I know. Like, <laughs> Nice town's own, Northfield's own. I know. Like, grew up here, born and raised here. 
It's yeah. that 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 was tough. That was hard for me. But I'll we'll get back to that too because I think that was tough on a different level as well. Well, go ahead. What, what do you go, so, talk about it so, now? What do you mean? So, and I don't want to deep dive into the Pat Bev trade just yet, but mm. I feel like leadership and dog mentality, in which people don't account for on numbers, right? Like kind of like the PJ Tucker effect, like yeah. we used to say that. Except PJ Tucker might have been getting too many minutes last year, even though he still was, you know, helpful on the court for Joel. Remember Game Six when he got in his ear, "Yo, come on, like we need this to go now." And then they end up winning the game. They go up three two versus Celtics, but then they obviously get smoked by the Celtics. Game Seven, T Garden. Um, yeah, that haunts me forever. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, like when you talk about dogs, right? I look at what the Knicks are, and I see all those type of players, like those wing guys. But they all playing hard and they all scrappy. Think about it. You got a couple dudes from Villanova. You already know you got to play hard when you come from Villanova. You got DiVincenzo, you got Josh Hart, and you got uh, Jalen Brunson, obviously, right? Julius Randle, we know he's a dog. You know, anytime you step on the court, it's attack, attack. He's going to be aggressive with that left hand and get right to the basket. OG Ananobi speaks for itself, right? Defender, wing guy, slasher, lane player, will guard your best guy. I, like, I love – I love what they did. I love what the Knicks, how the Knicks have built their team. I say even Isaiah Hardenstein, Mitchell Rob, Precious Chachua, dudes like that. Like they have those dudes that are just all junkyard dog mentalities. And most teams that win a championship, right? And this is not to be overstated. Most teams that win a championship, they always have a dog or some type of vet on the team that is a leader. I don't know how people don't see that every year. You can point back to every championship team. They always have a dog or a vet that is a leader. When you look at the Nuggets team last year, they had Bruce Brown, who was a dog. He's also a vet. I mean, he's been in the league for a while, even though he's only 27. But they had Jeff Green as well. Jeff Green has been a teammate of LeBron James, been in the league for a minute. Everybody loves Jeff Green. Great reputation. You look at the Warriors championship teams when they had Draymond, even in the earlier days when they had guys like Barbosa, uh, Sean Livingston, dudes like that, Festus Zeely, whoever, Harrison Barnes. They just had a bunch of dogs on that team. When you look at the Cavs team, obviously, when you see LeBron James, you know he's the best leader of them all. Brian gets everybody prepared, ready to go. Same with him in the bubble. You even look at teams that get close, like the Heat, with Jimmy Butler every year. You see him turn it on every single season. Or when Milwaukee won the championship, they got P.J. Tucker in the buyout market. He was such a huge piece for them in winning that championship back in 21. So to me, we don't have any real leadership, and we don't have any real dogs on this team to guide these young guys. Tyrese Max, he said it on uh, Gillian Wallace's podcast, Million Dollars Worth of Game. Shout out to them. He said it. He said, yo, Pat Bev, like, it was a game. It was Christmas Day when the Sixers, I think they had lost to the Miami Heat, right? And Pat Bev was like, yo, look, like, everybody's going to pat you on the back and be like, you know, you know, Tyrese, you had a you had a good game. It sucks. Tough one, whatever. Pat Bev was like, nah, bro. Like, when Joel was out, like, we need you to step up. And yeah. then the very next game, he had 40 points versus the Rockets. Like, you need dudes like that. Pat Bev had Joel practicing after practice doing 17s at the facility. Like, where where does that leadership come from? You don't have Marcus Morris. You don't have Pat Bev. You bring in campaign. Campaign ain't no leader. We don't have no OGs on the team that – that. Are, no, but I'm serious. Like, you don't yeah, have no, any – I agree. Like, like jo, is Joel that, like, talker, leader, vocal guy for the Sixers? I don't think he's ever been that no, in his entire career. Yeah, that's not his personality. That's not his personality. He's a great guy. I'm sure he leads by example in a great way. But like I said, every championship team has a leader that's not like quantified by stats. And I don't know why people don't ever look at that. Like I was looking at Twitter and they're like, oh, you know, campaign was over, you know, is better than Pep. Is he like, let's 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 be real. Offensively speaking, campaign shoots like he makes one three a game and shoots like 40 percent from three. 
But at the same time, is that worth more than what Pat Bev was giving you off the bench? He was actually giving you not. I'm so I was surprised by his play. He's this year. been better than I thought he was going to be. I There's thought no I thought he was going to be complete and utter garbage. Me he, too. Don't don't, don't get it twisted. Like he's he hasn't been amazing, but yo, like he's been filling that backup point guard role. Sometimes playing the two. Defending yeah. everybody. Campaign doesn't defend anybody. He shoots maybe like three threes a game. He plays about 15 minutes. He's somewhat of a good slasher, but like, was that worth it? Was I yeah. I don't know, man. I don't like that move at all. I really don't. Okay. Let, let's uh take a quick break. Let's come back and talk about that more. Uh, because I, I like what you said there. We'll talk more about Pat Bev and the other moves that the Sixers made. Football fans, FanDuel has the perfect way for everyone to get in on Super Bowl 58 action with a no-sweat same-game parlay. But when you bet on Super Bowl 58 on FanDuel, one game can mean a lot of wins. America's number one sportsbook has all your favorite bets like the money line, the spread, plus all sorts of prop bets. You know the one I like? Total first downs in this game, 41.5. I like the over. It was at plus 106. When I last looked, I think these teams are going to move the football methodically, efficiently, rack up those first downs. So maybe that's one you look at. Maybe you look at something else. But you can combine all your bets for a chance at a bigger payday, and you'll get bonus bets back if your SGP doesn't win. So start building your own or just bet a popular SGP already made for you in America's number one sportsbook. Just visit FanDuel.com slash Ringer Philly if you don't already have an account. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit TheRinger.com slash RG. Minimum three-leg parlay required. Refund issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets, which expires seven days after receipt. Max refund $5 unless otherwise specified. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, we're back on the Ringers Philly special. Yeah, I would say, all right, so I don't want to overdo it, Cliff, because it's like, listen, the mo like, what is the scenario that this team is getting out of the second round this year, right? I like if you're listening to it, like I, I hate, I don't like to be the bearer of bad news and be like, who cares? Um, because we all like to watch. Like the point of being a fan is you like to watch, you like to think of, hey, maybe this will happen, and there'll be a re- in the playoffs, and then Beat will come back, and all of a sudden something. That's not the most likely scenario. The most likely scenario is that this team's going to continue to play bad ball without Joel Embiid, and they might be in the play-in tournament when that comes around. So I don't want to overdo it because it's like that's just talking about this year. At the same time, I get what you're saying. I mean, Pat Bev uh, was a fan favorite, and it's crazy. I remember when... Bryce Harper wore the Pat Bev jersey, and I was like, what is go? Why did he do that? Now, while I was clowning him, uh, you were laughing. I remember when I was doing that during one of our Philly spots, he, he was a joy to watch. I'm not telling you he was great. He wasn't, we all know he wasn't great, but he, the role he played, and like you said, the leadership, the players, who was it? Tobias Harris called him the best teammate. 
he's ever had was it Tobias yeah. Harris one of them said uh, and it was like universal and, and like you said there with Tyrese Maxey you know what it, what he said to Maxey so uh I would have like like I don't Totally get that. Now I will say this, Cliff. So the the Pat Bev move was they traded Pat Bev, Patrick Beverly to the Bucks for campaign and a 2027 uh, second, second round. round. Now the other thing here, Cliff, is is Kyle Lowry coming home finally That's, after years yeah. and years and years of is, is Kyle Lowry going to come home now <laughs> at 37 years old? He's going to be available. It looks like on the buyout market, and so and he, can he fill? Is the reason why basically? why they move Patrick Beverly because they said they know they have a strong feeling they're getting Kyle Lowry and so and for what I don't know if he can how much he can play still but talk about a guy who's a dog a veteran a leader who's gonna get like that is that has really been his that, identity that's him. Cliff I remember when he was that's with him. Memphis talk I about the Raptors championship team you want to talk about leadership yeah. that 2019 team when Kawhi was going crazy on everybody yeah. Kyle Lowry was the dog that the Raptors had on that team right. that was the leader for them same with I mean, yeah. I don't want to say Danny Green was a dog, but Danny Green was a great, another leader on that team. Yeah. A OG, a vet. People that young guys like Norm Powell took to. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, I remember Kyle Lowry started his career with Memphis, right? I believe it was. Uh, correct, uh, correct. And I remember going to a MLK Day game. I used to love doing that. Uh, shout out to MC, loyal listener. We would go to the MLK because, you know, you're off from school, uh, whatever. We would go down. And I just remember there was like a And he was playing so much harder then every other person just diving for loot on a Monday afternoon in January regular season game. And he was treating it like it's the final. So he brings that. I don't know. Can he still play 37 years old? Uh, he traded him to Charlotte and now it looks like he's going to be a buyout candidate. But I think Cliff, if I tell you, Hey, the reason they made that move to get rid of Patrick Beverly is because they know they're getting Kyle Lowry and there's probably not going to be minutes for both of them. And that's why they did it. Does it change your uh, opinion? Are you good with that? Or are you like, don't overthink it. Just keep Patrick Beverly and, you know, move on. I was about to say, because like, how would you feel about now you getting a different voice in there? And again, all NBA guys know everybody, like everybody knows everybody in the NBA, right? But I feel like Pat being there from training camp on, you know, just being an yeah, active member with, with them, that. that's, it's that's just fair. way different than coming in, you know, in the middle of February and being like, hey, what's up? I'm Kyle. I'm the leader now. Y'all going to yeah. listen to me and do this and do that and encourage. You can encourage players, but at the same time, it's like, Pat Bad been with y'all all season long. It's Kyle Lowry who can no longer move really. Is the juice really worth the squeeze in that? Like, yeah, I, I don't feels get like it. you're like, overthinking it a little bit, maybe. Yeah. yeah it's like maybe, trying to maybe look for get this another... little edge where you don't need to. It's like just, yeah, I mean, chemistry matters um, and glue guys matter and you yeah. had one and you want to take a chance on bringing in another one. It may or not, may not work. I mean, sometimes there are guys who are great leaders at one spot or whatever and they go somewhere else like you said. No, I mean, he's not like, yeah, he hasn't been there the whole time. And so yeah. maybe uh, it doesn't work there. So I, I tend to agree with you on that move. Like it seems like, all right, fine, whatever. But also and like you could have just kept, Pat Bev, like, I, I don't know. It feels like maybe yeah. you overthought it. And, like, Kyle Lowry, like, I've, I've been watching him closely the last couple of years. Kyle Lowry clearly isn't going to be the same as he was, you know, five, six years ago. Not even close. Or not even close. Like, yeah. he just doesn't look He like wouldn't get rid of him. If he had value, would the Heat just get rid of him? I mean, no. He, yeah, that's, yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Like, the, the Heat got a way better player, by the way, too, and Terry Rozier, who's another dog in the NBA, who was right. just stuck in Charlotte for years, that losing organization where their coach is literally actively saying, hey, none of these players are actually good, which is wild to me. But <laughs> still, Kyle Lowry, you know, coming here just this late, like, I don't know if that's like the type of leadership that you want to just 
oh, you know, we, we could just fit in right away. Like you could just vibe with the guys right away, get on that first flight, hang out with everybody, get the dinners. Like, yeah, I, th- to me, it just feels like a little bit too little too late with that, right? We got to get Pat Bev at the ringer too when he retires. Right? I mean, when he's got the bar stool thing going, but he was pretty good. I didn't listen. Yeah. I like the clip, you know, the clips. I'm like, oh, this guy's pretty, you know, he's entertaining. He's definitely he's got funny. something. Yeah, he's yeah. funny. Yeah, he's a character. You need yeah, characters. I like, I like him. I like him and Ro. Yeah. Him and Ro, they definitely is a good, they're definitely yeah. a good duo for sure. They, they, I'm gonna definitely they, miss some of those uh the beat impressions that he does. Cause I always do catch those clips on um yeah. on Instagram and TikTok and all that. Them and beat impressions he does are amazing. Like yeah. I'm gonna definitely miss that from Pat Bev for sure. I agree. That was good. They 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 maybe well, uh Pat yeah, I guess Pat Bev's already spoken for uh in the content game. But uh yeah, they were they were doing a good job. So you don't get the Pat Bev Sixers content anymore. All right, now where are you? with uh you know daniel house to the pistons for nothing all right i don't think we need to spend you you if you have something to say on that you can but the the house move is strictly just a salary cap let's clear this up let's get him out of here um you know we'll figure out the buyout market a little bit later on we they i mean i'm sure he's probably been begging since harden and pj um got the boot to get out of here too as well because you know that's their guy so um, you know, that, that was just a, a clear salary cap yeah, fix. Yeah, that's not that's, a needle That's mover. Josh Harris, Washington Commander's owner, saying, hey, let's get under this tax so I don't have to pay this money over I got to pay way. Cliff Kingsbury as my OC. Yeah, I like, to outbid the Raiders. <laughs> I need a little cash here. I got to pay Brian Johnson. You know, I got a, I got a bunch of dudes that are coming in on my payroll that I got to fix. So please get rid of the new house so I can get Brian Johnson to the God, commanders, please. That would be so funny, Cliff, if that's actually how it went down. That would be hilarious. All right. The other one that is controversial, it sounds like, among Sixers fans, at least the ones in my life, Jaden Springer to the Celtics for a second round pick. Now, Jaden Springer, obviously, the offensive game is, you know, I don't know if a disaster is overstating it. He has not been a, a he is very limited, would be saying nicely uh, about Jaden Springer offensively, but a fun defensive player. Like there's definitely something there on that side of the ball, energy, athleticism, uh, defense. He's 21 years old and you're getting a second round pick back. I didn't really get that. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to go overboard and say like, Oh my God, how could you possibly get rid of you? Like, that's not where I'm coming from, but I just speaking honestly, I don't really understand the upside in a move like that. Like maybe, I don't know what the percentage chances that he gets to a level offensively where you can play him more. Like it's probably very low, but I would just be like, well, why not just like keep him? And if it doesn't work out, you're getting a second round pick. Like, can you get second round picks? Can you always just get a second round pick? So uh, I didn't love that one. Where, where were you with the Jaden Springer move? I didn't like it either. But again, a, a, another luxury tax guy, <laughs> like this guy is set to make, you know, what? F- I believe $4 million Four next million year. Next I think he's year, making $2 yeah. million dollars this year. Hey, give, give me under that tax. Again, I got this commander's thing going on over here. I'm not trying to pay this money over here because this is going to cost me too much. This might cost me upwards of like 10 to $12 million. So please dump the salary right now. We'll have 60 million over the summer. We have expiring contracts coming up here. Let's stay under the tax if we're not going to go anywhere because I'm not trying to pay more money for a team that won't go deep in the playoffs. So therefore, we don't feel we have the potential in Jaden Springer here. So let's move that money elsewhere, even though he is a young talent. He clearly has a lot of athletic ability, but at the same time, he just can only play one side of the basketball. And yeah. I don't know how much development is truly needed for him on the offensive side of the ball. That might take, you know, 
a couple years for him to even develop even a somewhat of a jumper because the the man. Yeah. I mean, the, the most can, likely scenario would be it does it doesn't happen. I don't like counting guys out or whatever yeah. but i mean yeah just when you see where he's at now how often does that guy turn into a viable offensive player when right. they're what he is now not it gives often. me kj mcdaniel's vibe you remember him right yeah for sure <laughs> like just jump out the gym like, yeah he not and not for nothing like very good like on ball defender too like no he doubt. gave Steph hell yeah he gave lucas some hell like and not for nothing he accepts that challenge too that's why i say like you need dogs like that. Like stuff like that doesn't show up on stat sheets where guys are just good on ball defenders. They'll get yeah. into people. They'll wreak havoc. They'll just frustrate people for, you know, 35, 40 minutes per game. The problem is it's just such a net negative on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah. That when he's on that side of the ball, they sag off him, you know, and then Tyrese Max is trying to go in to do his go in for his layups and Kelly Uber is trying to make some slashes. And they can't do it because Jaden Springer is just a hole on that side of the basketball. So I get it from that perspective. But it's just like, damn, another young promising player leaves the Sixers again. And then on top of that, he goes to Boston. So you know you know what's going to happen when he goes to Boston. They're going to develop in. And Pat Babs in Milwaukee, by the way. Yeah. Yep, and and, and we, need, we need to talk about that, too. He made Milwaukee an even better team as well because I feel like Milwaukee was lacking – some sort of toughness, some sort of edge. They need now, a guy Pat, like him, yes. They definitely do need a guy like him to come off the <laughs> – there's a reason why campaign is not their backup point guard anymore. Right. Little Pat, pest. Pat, they need a little pest to come in and do stuff. Right, yeah. right, because Damian Lillard, we know he can't play any defense. So they say, all right, well, at least when Lillard's not on the floor, we don't have an even worse defender in campaign. We can just bring in Pat Bev, who can somewhat score, do his little um, his little fillet layups, his little turnarounds, <laughs> his little floaters that look ugly as hell. But somehow, YMCA game. Yeah, yeah. They, they somehow go in. Um, and he just bring that toughness, that attitude, that energy, the P.J. Tucker energy. Like teams need that. I keep I want to emphasize that. Stop just looking at numbers. Please watch games and understand that each team has a dog that is a winner. They have dogs in the locker room that is a winner. If you are a winning organization, you have toughness attached to that. Sixers definitely love, yeah, toughness and energy. Now, listen, I'm not going to tell you that. It's not everything. Let's be clear about that because we've seen how they've been playing with these guys and it's not good. Obviously, talent matters. You obviously uh, need talent, yes. Yeah, yes. talent matters more than anything, but you're right. It, you always need that mix. Talent and then the chemistry toughness the glue guys like that's the key to bat that's the key to basketball uh at every level here and those things uh no doubt went down a little bit with these moves all right so overall where where are we at here cliff like where are you at with well first of all did you see joel Embiid's tweet uh something about competition lots uh, of people got, got better three exclamation yeah. points that's fun for competition I don't. I don't know what to make of that. Honestly, what is like, going on? Oh, it's like oh, when I tell side, Benny Souls, "Don't tweet so much." I feel right. do I need to tell you? Like you don't always have something. You don't always have to have a take. You know, sometimes right. you can chill and not type it out. Exactly, <laughs> it's such a weird one, tweet. It is a very weird cryptic tweet because on one side it's like, you know, dog. We uh, allegedly you want to go. You wanted to play the Warriors because you wanted to be out there for your teammates. You didn't care about no awards. <laughs> you wanted to be healthy for the playoffs. I you love that you're going to go deep you dive go, in analysis. You didn't go back tweet. in the fourth quarter to get your 20 minutes, you know, <laughs> allegedly, right? Um, but at the same time, the dude, I mean, listen, man, Joel is competitive as hell. Like, we will, I will say that. He so, is. You know, I agree with that. He is. Maybe, maybe he is actually saying, like, yo, look, the Bucks got better. 
The Knicks sure as hell got better. Yeah. Um, th- those are clearly, you know, the two other teams in the East that the Sixers would have to face uh, going down down the line. And we already know what the Celtics are right now. They they smoked us game seven last year. and They're playing even better this year with Porzingis. So we know where they stand in the standings. Um, hell, man, I, I don't know if that was like we need help, <laughs> if that was like a cry for help. Or if that was really like, all right, bet. Like, I'm ready for the challenge. Like, I really, I truthfully don't, I can't read this guy anymore. Or, or was it, it just he handed off his Twitter account to a social media manager and it's like, all right, just throw out some generic tweets every now and then that don't mean anything. <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, it's so weird. It's out know. of character for him too. He's been an entertaining like social media guy for a long time, for better or worse, whether you like it or not. It has not been. Is his uh, name still uh, Joel Terrell on Twitter or X? I don't Twitter? know. I don't, yeah, yeah, I try not to uh, look. <laughs> at it all right so uh, from Derek Bodner Cliff um, yep. he says the Sixers now have just Joel Embiid's salary and Tyrese Maxey's cap hold guaranteed for next season Paul Reed will become guaranteed if he's on the roster and they make the second round other than that clear cap sheet with 60 plus million in cap space next summer now the question is like I um, mean who, who are there going to be guys to sign like with the, like, how much is that going to come in handy the bigger key is probably that they're going to have five first round picks available um in the summer to make a move so this summer really makes or breaks Daryl Morey's tenure as a GM with the Sixers like there's no how many more times we can, said that though I was just thinking that, and I was just gonna say I was gonna follow it up, Cliff. With there's no more kicking the can down the road. I do feel like this is it. Like they yeah. signed him to the extension. This has to be it. Maxi has developed more than you could have ever expected. You mm-hmm. hope you get this version of Joel Embiid you got this year. You hope you get that next year, and he can be healthy. And then you add pieces around him. Uh, with this, like you're doing all this flexibility for a reason. Either we're gonna be on here, Cliff, in the summer, going. You did all that for this? Just the, or we're going to be going, okay, you did yeah. all that for this. It makes sense. Like one way or another. I mean, he listen, you, it, it's not going to be easy. It's not like, oh, you have flexibility. You can just go out and get a great player. That's not how it works in the NBA. We know that. So this is why the GM gets paid money. I don't want to hear excuses. I don't want to hear, oh, it takes two to 10. I don't want to hear any of that stuff. Your job now, you have the flexibility. You have the assets. You have two very good players. and. What are you going to do with it in the summer? So that's kind of where I'm at. Like, I, honestly, I hate to say it, but the rest of this season, it, it just might be tough to stay like fully, like you still watch it, but it's going to be tough to stay fully engaged if what we've seen recently is the product we're going to see for the next two months. And then we're saying, is Embiid going to be back or not? So that's kind of where I'm at. Where are you to close it out um, with, with kind of short term and long term with this team? So short in the short, I mean, you got to get healthy. It might look better if Melvin, Batum, and all them come back. You just got to get healthy, and hopefully the buyout market works for them. And then Kyle Lowry comes in here, and things will look a little bit differently. Um, that's the only hope I'll give Citrus fans. But like, don't expect to make some type of crazy deep run, especially with what the Knicks and the Bucks did today. No, I, I just don't yeah, see they're it. getting past. That's the other thing. Yeah, the Cleveland. Yeah. I mean, these other teams are playing like they're like at playing their best ball or adding people right now, and you're going in the opposite direction. Exactly. Like the, when the Knicks added Bogdanovich today, which I, ho- I was hoping the Sixers would land. And then on top of that, you get Alec You're Burks not going to put on like a Knicks jersey or something, are you? I mean, no, I, 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 I get, yo, I might, I get I might where just, you're coming from. 
Yeah, I might just move they back are to New York. Like I might just right move back to New York and start singing <laughs> "Go New York." Go New York. I know no, you don't have that in you. I can't. Even, I don't. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I don't have. The, I don't have the New York in me anymore. That life is. That life is well past me. I served my time up there, <laughs> but but still, I'm I'm gonna I'm just say this. Like I I really do genuinely like love what they did. They they're very much in like a win now mode. They understand what they have. The Knicks, um, you're saying? Yeah, the Knicks. Yeah. Okay, the Knicks. gotcha. But for the Sixers, I mean, in the short, again, you just hope to get healthy. I think where you're really going to get be heard at is the Paul Reed Mobamba thing. You didn't get a backup big. Andre Drummond's name was clearly was on the market for a little while. I, I heard talks fell through with him. Kelly Olynyk was on the market for a little bit as well too. He got traded uh, to Toronto, I believe. Um, actually, I think there was a first uh, first round pick involved in that trade too. So, I mean, first round pick currency nowadays in the NBA is just worth so much, especially yeah. with the level of talent that comes in. I mean, you got to remember. In the you know pick twenties now, there's players coming out of here like Tyrese Maxey was twenty second overall or something like that, I believe. I think Desmond Bain was picked like right before him or after him. Like dudes like that are coming out, you know, in the twentieth picks now. So therefore, like yeah. that currency is really high in the NBA. So the second round picks coming back is actually going to mean a lot uh, going forward for a different trade situation. Now another name being rumored is Paul George, and to me, I think it's just complete wishful thinking, and I think he's using the Sixers as leverage to make sure the Clippers pay him because Paul George hasn't made, right? Like he's from LA playing for an LA organization can stay at the crib, be near his family. The Clippers are clearly buying into everything that they do They're They might be the best team in basketball this year. Uh, they sure as hell playing like it. Um, him and Kawhi are finally healthy. Kawhi's play, you know, Kawhi is playing like, Kawhi Leonard that we know. Like, I'm watching Clippers games a lot just because I'm up late. You know me. I'm up late watching basketball all the time. Yo, Kawhi is like that. He is he is back. Like, Kawhi yeah. Leonard is back. So, the Clippers are hooping right now, too. That situation is just too good for him to ever just, yeah, let me just move 3,000 miles away for, you know, a couple more million dollars. Like, I'm pretty sure the Clippers are going to throw the bag at him, make sure that new stadium is filled or new arena is filled with L.A. fans. And Paul George is an L.A. native um, again, that name is just used for leverage. I don't think there's any realistic expectation of him actually becoming a sixer. Um, but that was being right, going out there today. I got the name for you, Cliff. All right. Yeah. The guy needs to follow the Cliff Augustine plan, okay? You're yeah. from Philly. <laughs> you go to Brooklyn. Yeah. And then and then you come home, Mikhail Bridges. That's the name. <laughs> All right, listen, that's the guy I want this summer. I, like, I, yeah. I, I don't know if it's realistic or not, but just as I'm looking at that Brooklyn, come on. Just bring Mikhail. We you could have had him. Still, oh y'all, that's it's, the, it's that's a, the a, one I really can't get over. That organization is just like a complete revolving door of like not knowing what they want. I don't know how the hell Sean yeah. Marks has survived this entire tenure. First of all, yeah. like that there is no stability whatsoever yeah. in that organization as far as like players go. Under like having some type of culture, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's just a revolving door of just hey, we're just going to get you know X player here who's somewhat decent, and we'll just put out a show every night in Brooklyn and that'll be that like we'll we'll just get we'll just try to get the city behind us they don't have any real fans no, they're a disaster I'm, yeah I've been in, I mean, no one cares they just right? chanted Luca MVP the other night yeah um right. and then when Steph Miguel was Bridges, there the other night I was watching that game do you see that the end of that well, I mean, it was Steph just had the crowd like the oh crowd yeah, was, yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I and mean, it was yeah. like he was playing a, a home game there they they were uh loving that they don't have, but Maxi Bridges and Joel yeah. Embiid because Maxie's remember Maxie's gonna have to get extended too. Yeah, Maxie's gonna have money. to get extended. This but that's okay. Yep. You, pay, yeah, you have absolutely. to pay great players. Yeah, absolutely, Abs- absolutely. Yeah. But yes, I mean, if you can somehow work your magic and 
somehow get in the nets to trade another, make another trade with us, man, just bring Bridges home, get him out of that mess. Y'all not going anywhere fast. Just come Cliff play with me. and I'll take him to Bad Brother. You know, well, come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he know he got more clout in the city than we ever will. That's so he'll no be fine. Doubt. Yeah, yeah, I remember no he's doubt. a he's a college champion here too. So I know. he's I fine. Know. But um, he's a big Phillies love. fan. We get we yeah. get Mikhail Bridges and Vic Fangio on a Phillies post game pod. Oh, oh my goodness! Now we're talking. Oh my goodness! I would love that. I would love that. <laughs> but yeah, we we 100 percent need to we need to in, investigate that. See what's going on with that because I yeah. I don't know what the free agency market holds. I mean, it feels like Tobias is probably going to come back too. Unless Detroit gives him a big bag, because allegedly there's interest over there too as well. So I like really speaking, we keep talking about just kicking the can down the road thing. Like free agency for like a big big dog nowadays in the NBA really doesn't exist. Doesn't exist. They all get locked exist. up so yeah. fast because of the money that comes through with the supermaxes. Like, are yeah. you seeing the type of money that Jalen Brown and Anthony Davis and Giannis yeah. just it's like NFL for? quarterbacks now? Like it's, they're just it's not going to hit the market. Yeah, it's 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 higher. It, honestly, it might be higher than NFL quarterback. I'm pretty sure um, AD's uh, average annual was like sixty million a year. Yeah, no, I'm just saying like in. the fact that those guys just are not going to hit free agency and yep. be available for anyone to say. You know, like you don't see a great NFL quarterback yep. just on the free agent market. It doesn't happen. And yeah, right. and I'm with you. It's the same thing for the great uh, NBA players. All right, so I think I'm with Cliff. Cliff started the pod, said he gives it a C. We've talked it out. I think I'm with you. Yeah, I, I'm right there. Like I like. I think I like the Buddy Heald move. I'll give that the I thumbs do. up. Uh, the other stuff is like, eh, you know, could kind of go. We'll see what it looks like when guys get healthy, when Buddy Heel uh, gets on gets on the court and shoots like 14 three, 14 three. He's gonna get <laughs> that's up gonna be so fun to watch too. Yo. It is. Isn't that gonna be gonna fun be to watch? Bombing. Just watching Buddy Hill oh just launch God. every single three imaginable. Yeah. So we'll uh, we'll see. Real quick though, I want to hear yeah. um I want to hear what the people got to say too, because it, it's been a lot going on in my my text threads. My friends okay. hit me up like, why is this happening? Pat Bev is going. Uh, <laughs> So 215-315-7982. And we're going to get to uh get to that and some more Eagle stuff too in the next episode. Because yeah. Brian Johnson just signed with the commanders. I talked to yeah. you about that earlier today. Right. Yeah. He's like, no, yeah, we'll you're like, nope, Cliff, you're saving that. Yeah, you we got it. a lot of shows to fill in, not a lot. And if we we might have a bad basketball team, uh, and we <laughs> we might have a, not a lot happening with the Eagles. So I said, Cliff, just keep that in your pocket. We'll get yep. to it uh, next week. So we will do that. I'm with you on Pat. Pat Bev made a like for a guy who was here for such a short amount of time. He really did make make an impression on the fan base. I, I'm with you. The people are are you know kind of he, he embodied he everything. Still- he embodied everything we needed, and Daryl just looked at him as you know a, a number and it was just it's weird to me because yeah some the human aspect has to come in come into the play here where it's like you see how he is around the other dudes you see how people react to what he does you see how players around him they they gravitate towards Pat Be- and this happens to like every team he goes to like remember um right he went to the Lakers right Russ was him and Russ was like eating dinner together like they was they end up being cool they were Arch enemies when they were playing against each other when he was in right. Houston and OKC and, and with the Clippers. So that just tells you the type of teammate he is. And like, I just feel like we don't quantify that enough when we talk about basketball. Hey, good good for him. He's going to get to play more playoff games with the Bucks than he would have uh, here. <laughs> He'll get out the second year. round this year for sure. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's 35. So take advantage of the, the moments uh, you have left in the league, Pat Bev. All right. Thank you to Ace Producer. And Ace co-host. I like he's not just good ace producer, ace co-host, uh, Cliff Augustine. I'm Shiel Kapadia. 
Uh, I'm going to be here uh, covering the Super Bowl, so check out all our NFL stuff on TheRinger.com, on the Ringer NFL feed, on Extra Point Taken, uh, on our new Ringer NFL YouTube channel. Cliff, we got Ringer NFL YouTube channel. Uh, Check that out as well. Then I'll fly back home to Philly, and I'll be texting Cliff like bright and early Tuesday. Hey, what should we do for Philly special this week? We'll come up with a plan, and we'll have more episodes for you next week. Until then, uh, everyone have a great weekend. We'll talk to you next week on the Ringers Philly special. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com RG in Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York.